Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Okay, we're continuing with our series called Above All. And in this series, we've been looking at every miracle that Jesus did while he was here on earth. We did that because when we see what he did, we see who he is. When we see what he did, we see who he is. So today we're going to go to Mark chapter 7 and verse 24. If you got your Bible, turn to it there. So at home, if you're watching from your PJs or however it is that you're tuning in from, grab your Bible, whether that's going to be the paper bound or your phone. And I want you to go to Mark chapter 7, verse 24. Let me read this passage of scripture. It says, then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He tried to keep it secret that he was there, but he couldn't. Now that's key right there. He tried to keep it secret, but he couldn't. As usual, the news of his arrival spread fast. Right away, a woman came to him whose little girl had an evil spirit. She had heard about Jesus and now she had come and she fell at his feet. She begged him to release her child from the demon's control. Since she was a Gentile born in Syria, Phoenicia, Jesus told her, first, I should help my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Come on, that was heavy. That was a big insult that he told her. But she replies, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs under the table are given some crumbs from the children's plates. Good answer, he said. And because you have answered so well, I have healed your daughter. And when she arrived home, her little girl was lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone. For just a few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought, hide and seek Jesus. Hide and seek Jesus. Can you just join us in a moment of prayer before we dive into our word for today? Father, we thank you for this time that we have shared and we are so thankful for this moment that we have now to go into your word. And I just pray, Father, that as we go into your word that you would just speak to every person, both in this room and those that are watching from home right now. I pray, Father, that just like you multiplied the fish and the bread that you would take this word and multiply it, Lord God, and let it just reach people in ways that we have no, we have no understanding, Lord God, of how it's reaching them. But you do, Father, and your spirit Spirit speaks and it touches in ways that we never can. We ask all this in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hide and seek Jesus. So there are so many cool things that I love about being a dad. Come on, shout out to all the dads in the room. Yeah, yeah. Got a few of them here. I love being a dad. And what I love most about being a dad is playing with my boys. And I think the dads in the room, you know what I'm talking about. There's something about playing with your kids. Now, I've got nothing but boys. Apparently, I can't make a girl, okay? So I've got three boys. I've got a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and a 10-year-old. I have Jackson, Jude, and Jaden. Those are my three little lions. And I love playing with my boys. And it really is just so much fun. And, and, and we love to wrestle. Come on, you know, you're, you know you are raising boys when you wrestle. And so me and my boys, when we wrestle, it's just a riot. But, but dads, you know how it goes. You can't suplex the kids. I mean, you can't body slam a six-year-old. I mean, you shouldn't, you know. You can't be doing the people's elbow on the four-year-old, you know. So I get on my knees and I, and I hold back, but I'm picking them up and I'm tossing them. And it's just so much joy being a dad. And I love wrestling with my kids. But you know what else is also fun? Hide and seek. 
Come on, how do you like playing hide and seek with your kids? I, I love playing hide and seek. And what makes hide and seek so fun is that you really got to come down to their level when you play hide and seek. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment because I see some of that in this passage of scripture here in Mark chapter seven. So I see a parallel way in which Jesus was interacting with this woman the way that I do when I, act, when I interact with my kids, when I am playing hide and seek. So, so let's dive into our text right now here in Mark chapter seven. In our text, we come to this healing of a Gentile woman. The Bible says she's a Gentile and Jesus, he, he leaves Galilee, the Bible says, to get some rest. So he goes to the region of Tyre because he is tired and he wants to get some rest. Come on, don't you just love that alliteration right there? He was tired, so he went to Tyre. Um, But the Bible says that when he got there and he tried to hide, he couldn't be hid. The Bible says that as he got to the house, she found him. She came to where where he was. And then we have this epic dialogue that happens where she tells him, you know, my, my daughter is possessed with the devil. I need you to come. And, and, and that's really the big idea of our story. But, but I, I want to pull on this for a moment because what has stood out to me in this story, like I just said a minute ago, is that Jesus wanted to hide, but the Bible says he couldn't hide. Now think about this for a second because Jesus is God in the flesh. If he wants to stay hidden, he can stay hidden. There's no way that this woman can find him if he's truly trying to hide. But do do you want to know what I think is going on here? He's playing a game of hide and seek, much like the way I play hide and seek with my kids. He says, I told you about a minute ago, when I play hide and seek with my kids, it's the funniest thing because Jackson has not yet figured out the game. Because when I say, ready or not, here I come, Jackson starts to bust out laughing. <laughs> so, so instead of me not knowing where he's at, he gives it away. Sometimes what Jackson will do is he'll start running around the house. And I'm like, son, you're supposed to find a spot and you're supposed to hide. That's the way my four-year-old plays hide and seek. Now, on the flip side of that, when I'm hiding from him, how many know that dads, you can't go like full ninja mode when you're playing hide and seek with your kids, especially your four-year-old, especially my four-year-old. I, I'm hiding but I'm actually hiding with the intent of him finding me. I'm, I'm hiding, but I really, really want him to find me. And, and I think that's what we're finding here in this text. You see, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, God wants to be found. God actually wants to be found. You see, he's closer than you think, and he's actively trying to get you to find him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will search for me and you will find me. If you search for me with your whole heart, I will be found by you. It's strange the way it reads, but it makes the point. It says, look, if you look for me and if you look for me with your whole heart, you're going to find me. That's what God said. So, so the way that he hides, he doesn't hide in a way so that he loses you. He doesn't hide in a way where he leaves you in mystery. He hides in a way that you'll find him. And you know, growing up in church and and all my church kids and those of you watching online, you know what I'm talking about. I grew up thinking like the will of God was this mystery. You know, it's like, I'm just trying to find God's will for my life. And I'm trying to pray about what God's will for my life as if God doesn't want you to know what your will is. And and it's like, I'm fasting for the will of God. And, and you know, I grew up with that imagery. Like, man, I mean, if I'm going to find God's will, I mean, I've got to like do all kinds of things in order to find God's will. But God hides in a way where he wants us to find him. He's, he's hiding like a father who's playing hide and seek 
with their children. So when he wants to hide, he wants to be found. And, and here's the reason. Now you might be asking, well, why even hide? Here's the big idea. He wants to teach you how to search for him. That's the big idea. He wants you to learn how to seek for him. That, that, that is so key for him because the moment you stop looking for him is the moment you're going to stop finding him. So he hides in such a way where you've got to search for him, but he's not so hidden that you can't find him. That's what the Bible says. If you seek, you will find. If, if you seek, you're going to find. Now, if you're wondering, well, how do I seek for him? You keep saying, okay, I got to find Jesus. What do I need to do? Well, the first way that you seek for him is you get in your word. You, you get into this book right here. And this is kind of why I've been loving this series above all. And every single week I'm talking about a different miracle. There were 37 miracles that Jesus did. There are 37 recorded, I should say. Actually, it was John that said he actually did so many miracles that if we wrote them all down, there wouldn't be enough books to contain everything that he did. That's what John said. But, but we have 37 that he did. And, and every time we go through that, I'm finding him more. So then I read about him breaking the bread. I'm finding him more. When I read about him um, going uh, and, and silencing the waves on the, on the sea, I'm finding him more. So if you want to find him, start off by getting into your word. The second thing that you want to do is you've got to hang around his family or what I call the church. When you hang around the church and you start getting around people of God that share your faith, you're going to find him. But you're not going to find him if you just go hide in your garage and say, I'm a Christian, but I don't belong to a church. The Lord is my pastor and that's it. Well, well hold on a second. He's your savior, but you got to get rooted into a church. You got to get rooted into a house. So you're going to find him if you search for him in his word and if you look for him amongst his family. And, and here's what I know. Here's what I know, though. You're not going to find him if you're not looking for him. Okay? So the first point was simply God wants you to find him. God wants you to find him. The second point is simply this. In order to find him, you have to step out. Okay? You have to step out. So let me get back into the text here. Okay? Because this Gentile woman, so she was a Gentile, which means she already wasn't Jesus's priority, if you will, because he tells her that. He's like, you know, you're not my priority here. So there's this Gentile woman who's got a daughter who is at home and is sick and there's no husband to speak of, right? Because we don't read about no man. <laughs> there's no man in the story. So you got this single mother with a demon-possessed daughter and, and she's all alone. She's all alone. She's vulnerable in this moment. And, and you know, her daughter had a condition. Now, now, I want you to catch this. Her daughter wasn't like sick with leukemia. You'd feel sympathetic about that. Her daughter was demon-possessed. So people weren't exactly trying to come and bring some soup, you know? They were like trying to stay away. They weren't knocking at her house saying, do you want me to watch your daughter? Nobody was trying to watch the daughter. And nobody was trying to help her. So she was actually quarantined by her condition, if you will. Some of what we're feeling right now in quarantine was just everyday life for her. Because her daughter's condition, not only was it a really bad stigma, but here's what they believed back in Bible days. They believed that if your daughter was in this condition, it was a sin of the parents. So she's probably carrying some guilt. She's carrying some shame because what did I do to bring this judgment on my daughter? But, but, but here's what happened. In spite of all of that, no husband, demon-possessed daughter, all the crazy things going on in her life, the Bible says that she goes to look for Jesus. She's actually trying to find him. And you've got to understand that that was huge for her because she's putting herself out there. 
She, she's stepping out, even though everyone was probably super critical of her, condescending towards her. They judged her, and yet she was willing to leave her house. She's saying, you know what? I can't stay home like this. Not when Jesus is near. I can't stay home when, when the master is close. I, I can't stay here when my daughter is in such a need. And I love that because she really, really knew that she needed him. And we've got to bring ourselves to that point because the whole point of seeking for him in order to find him is knowing that you need him. But as long as you think that you don't need him, right? This is why he teaches you to search for him. As long as you think that you've got your stuff together, as long as you think you're his first cousin and you've never made a mistake, you're never going to look for him. And this woman saw her condition and she went to look for him. The Bible says this, if you look for him with your whole heart, she needed her whole heart in this. See, you've got to search for him with your whole heart because as long as he's only a part-time savior to you, you're not going to need him in every area of your life. And he's not trying to be a part-time savior. He, he, he wants your whole heart. Come on, type that in the comment section. Put whole heart. He wants my, my whole heart. Jeremiah says, if you look for me with all your heart, you're going to find me. Some of you are wondering, like, why can't I find him? Well, I want to question you. Have you been looking for him with your whole heart? Because if you look for him with your whole heart, you are going to find him. So let's get to the point now where she meets him, okay? So now she gets to where he is, and she doesn't sugarcoat anything. She's like, this is what's going on. My daughter's got the devil, and I need your help. And I love that. Here's the last thing I want you to write down, because if you reveal it, God will heal it. If you reveal it, God will heal it. She doesn't hold back the punches. She tells him everything that's going on at home. And I think that's oftentimes what Jesus is waiting on most is for us to be willing to reveal it all to him. You see, when we peel back every dark corner of our life, it is only then that the light of the Holy Spirit can shine on it. But as long as you're trying to hide things from Jesus, he's not going to deal with it. As long as you don't want to deal with those things, you're not going to allow him to deal with it. So as long as you reveal it, he'll heal it. He'll heal what you reveal. But if you don't reveal it, he ain't going to touch it. If you don't reveal it to him, he's not going to get into those places because you've not given him permission. And there's one thing I know about God is he's a gentleman. So he's going to go to the places that you say, okay, come into this part here. I allow you in here. I want you to come in here. And that's exactly what this woman did. She went and she said, this is it. And, and, and this is everything. Now, now I, I, what I love about this and what I love about God is that nothing that I tell him is going to scare him away ever. You'll never scare God. And you'll never say anything where he's like, oh my me, what is going on with you? You know, you'll never say anything to God where he's surprised or he's offended or he's caught off guard. He knows you, he knows where you're at and knows what you're going through. He's just waiting for you to say it and to tell him this is where I am hurting. This is where I'm in pain. And this is what I need from you. When you open up in those areas and allow him to come in, he'll come in. And he'll change those things. And I'm going to come to a close now. You know, when we get to the part of the story, now, now this is what's challenged me on this story. Because Jesus ain't nice. Can we just be honest? Okay. He's not nice. When she bears her soul to him and she tells him, my daughter is home and, he's demon, and she's demon possessed. He says, first, I should help my own family, the Jews. And I'm reading for the New Living Translation. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. 
I've always wondered, I'm probably gonna ask him when I get to heaven, like, why were you so tough on that woman? And you pretty much called her a dog. And uh, I thought, man, Jesus, you were so mean. And I kind of wrestled with God about this. I was like, why, were you, why did you deal with her that way? And then Jesus takes me back to the very beginning of the story. He's like, mean? Time out, Josh. I went to where she was. She couldn't reach me in Galilee because the Bible says he was in Galilee. Go look on a map. Do you know from where Galilee is to where Tyre and Sidon is? I mean, he went by foot. Okay, there's no Uber. He couldn't call a camel on his phone to come, you know? He, he, he had to walk to Tyre and Sidon. And he made that journey, which was weeks. Okay, there's, there's, there's weeks that pass here from the time that he leaves his house to go to where she is at. And, and I felt him whisper to me when I was really challenged. I was like, God, you were like, that's pretty jacked up. I mean, the way that you dealt with her. And I just felt the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 you're missing it. I came to where she was. I actually came right to where she was. And I did like a dad plays hide and seek. I kind of hid, but I didn't really hide that much. I hid in a way that I wanted her to find me. Like a playful father with their child. So I, I know you think it was harsh, but she couldn't come to me. So I went to her. I think oftentimes that's how God deals with us. We can't reach him. So he comes to us. He, he, he's coming to you. Maybe you're going through something right now and you're wondering, why am I in this place? You might be exactly where God needs you to be in order for him to touch you, in order for him to reach you, in order for him to change you. So yeah, I, I, I know it's kind of feels rough, but he had a plan. And he reminded me, I came right to where she is and I hid in such a way that she could find me because I wanted her to find me. Come on, I want you to lead, I want to lead you in prayer right now. Wherever you're at, would you just close your eyes and, and, and bow your heads? I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to know that you might be exactly where you are at in order to find him. It may be uncomfortable. It may feel like he's far from you, but possibly he's right where he wants you to be. Because if you weren't in that position, you wouldn't seek for him. Come on, let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.